Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us. His tribal trails. Welcome to Tribal Trails. We are in Dawson City, and our guest is a beautiful young person who has a changed life and has a desire in her heart to walk with the Lord and to serve Him. So what a wonderful thing that is, Teresa. And we're very glad to have you as our guest today. And for you to share from your heart um, that desire of walking with the Lord. So I'd like to hear a little bit about who you are first and, and your, your upbringing and where you're from. Well, I was born and raised here, basically. Okay. Um, I grew up in a home with pretty much only a mom okay. and my sisters, one older, one younger. Um, I do have four other siblings, but one of them is She's quite a bit older than me, yeah. So my dad was never around except for on the weekends because he worked mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't know, I just didn't really grow up with a dad yeah. for the most part. Was that very hard or difficult being raised uh, like as a, with a single mom? I didn't think it was weird until oh. I moved away from Dawson oh. at 16. Okay. And where did you go? I left to Airdrie, Alberta mm -hmm. to finish school. Okay. Yeah. My mom always had a dream to take us kids out to move the family and get a better education than we can get here. Yeah. So you took grade 11, 12 in Avery? Yep. In a Christian school? Yep. So what kind of adjustment was that coming from, you know, a high school up north into a Christian school down in Avery? Um, I was excited to go to a new school because it's something I always wanted to. Mm -hmm. I was hoping it would be a bigger school, but I'm very thankful it was it happened the way it happened. Adjustment was pretty difficult the first year. Mm -hmm. um, I had never been around so many people who say they are Christians. And like the only people I was associated with there were people from school or people from church. And that was really hard on me because I just did you feel like you didn't fit in? Not even, because it's not that I even fit in around here. Oh, okay. It's just that being around all these people who actually live according to some kind of code. Yeah. I do remember I took a driving course at one point, and it was a significant point to hear somebody swear. So, um, did you hear about the Bible before you went to Adri, about the Word of God? Yeah, I grew up in church. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Your mom was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did you accept the Lord? Yeah. 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 Can you share how that happened in your life? Um, I was in the Whitehorse Airport, and I don't know. I was just sitting in the airport, and I was waiting for the plane and I was looking in the sky and I just kind of decided at that point I thought about it for a minute and I just decided I should before I can't pretty much. Did that affect your life in any way? Well it made me feel secure. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it kind of did because something there is I do remember that there's almost a stigma around like really being a Christian because mm -hmm. I know that a reason I may not have given my life over sooner was because I didn't want somebody to randomly ask me if I'd given my life over and that I could say yes because I didn't feel like I was maybe good enough to have that, I guess. Yep. And those thoughts came back when I was choosing Jesus, like, do I really want to do this now, or, I don't, the fear is really um, irrational, but it was there for some reason. And is it hard for a young person to walk with the Lord when you're young? I guess it depends who you're surrounded by. Yeah. It's plenty easy in Airdrie. Yes. My entire class was saved by the time I got there. Um, they all had relationships and stories and whatever. and. Were you able to share your life, your, your story with them when you got back? Um, yeah, actually it was, it was pretty early that year that we all shared our testimonies and mm. seriously started getting closer to each other and closer to God and finding healing yeah. through each other. Yeah. You're working in a mine right now? Are you, are you comfortable being a Christian working in a mining camp? Well, the position that I'm working as, I don't need to talk to anyone. <laughs> For one thing, I'm wearing a lot of gear to protect me from yes. my environment. Um, but I wouldn't really say it's that hard because I don't, it's just not, I've grown a lot in confidence over the last year. Mm -hmm. Definitely one of the biggest things that I've improved on in my 12th year. Yeah, yeah. So you said you were working in a mining camp. What, what are you doing? In a, what kind of work are you doing? Um, I am working as a core cutter. Okay. So I bag samples. Okay, yeah. you bag samples. Yeah, that, the samples that I cut. Yeah, but back to the other 
question. The only thing that ever comes up about my faith is when people ask me what I'm going to do in the fall, this mm -hmm. fall, or else when I go to church, I leave on Sunday for like around two hours because that's just how long it takes, I guess, an hour to two hours. To come to church. And you do that on your own. Good for you, Teresa. Right, just doing that as a big testimony for a young, for a young person like you doing that, and I'm very proud of you. So you mentioned you wanted to talk about something that you're planning on doing in the fall. Um, I want to go to YWAM. Oh. It stands for Youth with a Mission, and. Where would you have to go? I have applications for Queens, Queenstown, I think it's called, New Zealand. Okay. Um, Why did you pick New Zealand? It's a really tough decision when you have bases all around the world that you could choose from. Yeah. So why do you want to join White Man? Um, my older sister did it first, oh, okay. and when I moved to Airdrie, a lot of people talk about why I went there. A lot of people have gone, and a lot of people come back and tell us about it. So it just seems like a good place to grow my relationship. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to figure out my career path while I'm there. Later in the fall, Teresa did go overseas for a six-month discipleship program with YWAM. It is a missionary training which includes Bible classes and cross-cultural outreach, as well as helping each participant to grow in their relationship with God. She reported that she learned some very important lessons that she'll never forget. But back to this interview. Teresa shared about some things that you might face too. What would you like us to pray for, like challenges? It's pretty difficult to just have a lot of friends that I can't relate to on, like, a spiritual level. I know that I am not supposed to worry about tomorrow. Um, but when I think about struggles that may be to come that I would like prayer for would be sustaining a long distance relationship and just choices we're going to have to make in the next year. One of the struggles that I've grown up with was being very kept to myself, I guess from, I assume, the age of like seven to 17. I never told anybody I loved them. I never hugged anybody. And it wasn't, it wasn't weird. It just... Just the way you were. Yeah, I don't know. I guess somewhere along the road, I developed some sort of trust issue with people. 
And I wouldn't even think of it that way because I felt like I was a pretty open book. Has that changed? Yeah. It did change with getting into a relationship. I that just changed everything. It's not that I've never had it's not that I've had an issue with talking about my feelings so much as expressing them. Learning to express our feelings is important as we interact with others. It is a way for you to build up others or for others to encourage you. God wants to do that for you. Rita continues to ask about a common need in our lives. Do you feel that God makes that need within you, that he is your father and your friend, that he is your friend? Well, just, just before I left Airdrie, um, I did grad stuff, like, I don't know, it just, there was a, I don't even know what to call it, kind of a get-together with a, a lady that was supposed to be our Bible class teacher. She did tell me that it was vital for me to see God as my father, and regardless of if I say it or not, I still do have that kind of issue with because maybe of your separation from your father yeah sometimes when we when we have a father that's not there all the time um we don't we don't realize that 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 relationship is vital that we know that has we have a father that cares and that's and he's always there to take care of you no matter what you go through, and no matter what your feelings are, and what your what your needs are, like if you need healing or if you need protection or something, you can always call upon him to help you, and he's always there for you. He's never at camp. <laughs> Do you want to share your Bible verse now? Okay. Okay. The, this verse kind of just stuck in my head before I came here for the summer. It's just something I, that kind of stuck out to me as encouragement. It's Isaiah 40, 30 to 31. It says, even, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall walk and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And what does that mean to you? To me, it means that who I am doesn't matter as much as who my higher power is. It means that regardless of what my abilities are, they ultimately come from God. And so long as I trust Him, He will take me day by day. All of us who are believers in Jesus Christ need to learn the important truths that Teresa has been learning. Our identity, our worth, is to be in Christ. 
He makes us safe and secure, and we don't have to fear what's ahead. He is also a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But even then, you might think that God cannot use you. Listen to our next guest. Hello, my name is Jordan Fosnov. Um, I'm from Cumberland House Cree Nation. I grew up there my whole life. And uh, today I just want to be talking about a little bit about um, how God can use young people. And the story that we'll be reading this morning or today from is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, verses 12, it says this. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephrathite, from Bethlehem in the land of Ju Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brother and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelites' army was leaving for the battle with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelites and the Philistines' forces stood facing each other, army against army. And further down to verse 32, it says, Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. It's interesting that David is a young man, and he's finding himself uh, fighting in this war against a man who's been, uh, who's been a warrior since his youth. Um, when I think about it, uh, David didn't wake up that morning thinking to himself that he was going to be fighting in a war. Sometimes we feel um, as though God will put us in different situations and difficult situations, but really it's the most ordinary situations that God calls us to. Um, I can remember a time in my life where... Uh, I had the opportunity to become a pastor and I was really scared. I was really afraid of what the future um, had in store for me. Um, and I remember a time where I was asking God, I said, Lord, is this what you really want me to do with my life? Is this um, something that, uh, that you're calling me to? And to make a long story short, I took on the role as being a pastor, and, uh, and I never looked back since. But what started that to where I'm at now was small decisions in everyday life. Um, one of the ladies from the church called me 
and said, would you like to come preach for us? And I said, yes, I would love to do that. And as I started to do that, as I started to preach more and more at this church, um, one day they approached me and they said, would you like to be our pastor? And uh, immediately I said no, because I was very afraid. I was very scared and I didn't, uh, um, I didn't really fully know what they were asking me. I just knew that I really needed to seek the Lord. I really needed to ask for his guidance. And uh, I could honestly say that becoming a pastor, um, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, for me anyways, and, and, I, and I truly believe that it's my calling in life, uh, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, the sense of purpose, the sense of accomplishment, it's all blessings um, that the Lord has put in my life. And I recognize that it's not just um, this huge event that got me to that point. It was just small decisions, small things that led me to where I'm at today. And so we see that in the life of David. Uh, David was um, asked by his father to go and check up on his brothers. Uh, his father wasn't asking him to go fight in a war. And David woke up that morning uh, and he didn't think to himself, you know, I'm going to kill a Philistine champion today. You know, David didn't think that at all. Um, he woke up that morning and said to himself, I got to tend the sheep, so I got to work the plows, work the fields, you know. Um, and when his father told him to go check up on his brothers, uh, one thing led to another. And so it's those small decisions in life that God can really use us. Um, and he used a farm boy. He didn't use uh, somebody who was sophisticated. He didn't use somebody who had been training their whole life. Uh, God used somebody that was so ordinary um, that it even made the king doubt him. Um, but we see that, you know, that he did more than just um, show up. Um, in verses 48, it says, As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistines with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. When we look at the story of David and Goliath, it's a story of the most ordinary boy doing an extraordinary thing because he had faith in God. Um, the belief that God was bigger than this man is what drove him to fight in that war. And I think about all the times in my life where so many people, um, my friends and school teachers and everybody will kind of discourage you to bring you down. They'll kind of want to tell you that you can't do it, that you can't be this person or that you don't have the potential to be somebody. And I would grow up 
most of my life believing that I couldn't really amount to anything uh, because that was the only message I ever heard. But when I became a Christian and when I started reading the Word of God, I started to learn that God thinks of me in certain ways that I'm not a nobody and that I am somebody, that I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I have his power living inside of me, the strength to get up, the strength to do what he's called me to do. And the times where I felt um, completely reliant on God were the times where I felt that the Lord has used me the most. Um, And sometimes it's not always in extravagant situations. Sometimes it can be just an ordinary conversation with somebody. Uh, You know, you run into somebody and you start talking um, and one thing leads to another. And then before you know it, you're inviting this person to come to church where they can hear the word of God and be changed by it. Um, So it's little things like that where the Lord can use somebody, you know, small decisions that can lead to um, huge change in a person's life. Teresa said that she didn't feel good enough to become a Christian. Jordan also had that issue, where people were making him feel like he would never amount to anything. Feelings like, I don't belong, or nobody loves me. These are common problems today. Fear about what your friends may think is also a big hurdle. This has to do a lot with who you hang around with. Friends can build you up, or they can drag you down. It is really important who you choose as your friends. Teresa said, it depends on who you are surrounded by. Do you need a friend or do you fear the future? Put your full trust in Jesus Christ. You may still have doubts and failures, but he has promised to lead you through. In my wrestling, in my doubts, In my failures you won't walk out Your great love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea You are the peace in my troubled sea In the silence you won't let go In my questions your truth will hold Your great love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea You are the peace in my troubled sea My lighthouse, my lighthouse Shining in the darkness
See. 